Welcome to the Sacred Ancestry Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Worm, and I'm so excited for our coach today, Marielle Falous. She does single, single mom coaching and really just turns her life around, and she uses EFT tapping, energy processes, all sorts of Reiki, and I'm just so excited to talk to her about what she does with her clients and how she can help you. So can you introduce yourself a little bit to the audience? Hi, hi, Thomas. First of all, thank you for having me here. Uh, I'm sure your audience will hear that I'm originally from France because I can't hide it. And uh, like you mentioned, I'm a single mom of three. And um, I, I grew up in France. I am now in the U.S., in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I help other single moms with the challenges that they're facing. A lot of moms come to me about teens problems and uh, their actual emotional response to them and the arguments. And personally, all this brought me to depression without me realizing uh, several years ago when my kids turned to be teenagers. And I was so afraid um, that I couldn't 100% protect them everywhere they went. And especially here in Las Vegas, there are so many dangers and, and, you know, drugs and stuff. I started really living in fear and all that fear, confusion, overwhelm brought me down into depression without me even realizing that I was there until it really started affecting my sleep, my life. And I had to bounce back from there using the tools that I knew as a coach and my connection to my spiritual self. That's really what helped me come back up. That's what I love about your process is you're, you're really all about coming back to the true self. And and I really want to get into that, but I'm curious on, on your journey on like, what was the catalyst for you to become a coach? And, and it sounds like, you know, the, the troubles of being a single mom, but was there something more specific or or something deeper that happened? Yes. Well, since I was in high school, I had girls coming to me with their pain. Uh, You know, at the time it was about breakups, relationships. And all my life, really, even before I became a coach, I I had a soothing effect on people because I would listen without judgment and I would point out some stuff and I would, I have a very, very strong maternal instinct that transpires in almost all my relationships. So I've seen people coming to me and at the beginning it was girls. Then it was really people. I had men coming to me with breakup pains too. Um, Other people who mostly people when they get to, in so much pain that it becomes difficult for them to function. Somehow, you know how life is beautiful and it will match you with the people you can help or it will match you with the teacher you need at the right time. It was so many occurrences like that that happened and I saw that I was getting, I was getting great feedback and results with people. So I decided to um, start learning about self-development and because of my relationships myself in my life before I was coaching single moms I've been coaching people on dating and on relationships for years because I had a tendency to attract dysfunctional relationships and what I call overtakers because I was an overgiver 
So for years, I coached people on that. I coached people on self-love. I coached people on reconnecting with, like you said, the true self, which is way more than our body. And I decided to get certified because I might as well get paid <laughs> for what I was doing. And from there, I built a business on the side of a main time job, raising three kids. And that was really my journey. And when I came back from depression with that single mom story and with my teens challenges, I, it had been so painful that I really wanted to prevent other moms to go through that alone. I, I remember thinking, I wish I had someone who could have guided me back. So that's what I decided to, um, to do for other moms and, and change that, the direction of my business. Wow. You know, I just got to say thank you so much for what you do, because I was one of those teens that was troubled. Oh, I was just, I really was the worst. And I had a single mom coming up as a teenager and, and I was terrible to her and, and shout out to my mother and I love you so much, but really, oh, I just look back and I think, oh my gosh, I was the worst teenager ever to her. And uh, so thank you so much for what you do. And, and I want to come back to this you know, you said that your true self, you really started to come back to your true self after the depression. And, and you said that it's, it's more than your body. Can you, can you explain that in a deeper way? Well, at the, at the, uh, the origin, we are, we are energy. Uh, it has been proven by science. I mean, spirituality has known it for thousands of years. Now science is backing up that fact more and more. And that energy is really part of a whole. Everything is connected and we are part of that oneness. And as part of it, there is an availability for us to tap into immense wisdom, immense love, immense support. But only if we get to a point where we can put aside our, I would say, not completely our humanness, but a part of it, you know, when we are so triggered and we are so emotional and especially negative emotions, we can't access that part. Um, so there is the, the connection to access and get what we need. And the other side of it, I always explain energy as an elevator. Based on where you vibrate, the emotion that you are experiencing in the moment, you stop at a floor on the energy elevator. So if it's despair, for example, and, and powerlessness, like I was uh, when I was into depression, you will be matched with people, situations, things that will vibrate at the same level, showing you that you're powerless in the world. And when you start working, because it's both an energy and a brain work that you have to do, and we can talk about that later, when you start working to elevate yourself to at least a neutral emotion, because you cannot go directly from very negative to positive. The gap is too wide. You, you won't get there. It will aggravate your negative emotion even more if you try. So when you climb up in the emotion uh, level to an energy that is, to an emotion that is a little bit more positive, your energy vibration is rising as well. And depending on where you are, same thing. It's like a floor in an elevator. You, be, you will be matched with what vibrates at the same level with 
what resonates with where you are right now. And knowing who you are in that matter helps you use, use that to your advantage instead of being unconscious of it and just experiencing it like randomly and sometimes against you. Wow, I love this so much. Yes, I I 100% agree with you about this. It's almost a law of attraction or the way I've I've I guess I've read about it being explained physically or in physics is is really like tuning forks. Like you're tuning, you're vibrating at this frequency and if you put a tuning fork next to that tuning fork, it starts to vibrate at the same frequency, right? And we're all just radiating these vibrations and oh my gosh, I just love the way you explained that. It's so beautiful and and really, I, I want to go like there's big T's and little T's. I've heard somebody say that and that there's big traumas and little traumas. And how do those traumas really affect your your emotional energies and your vibrations and your health? Well, it depends if you... So what I noticed both in my life and in my client, client's life is that Life will whisper to us where we need to change. And we usually don't listen. I know for my part, I change with kicks in the rear. I, I, I had to get to the point where I, I had no choice but changing. Uh, so it will tell you where you need to change for your highest good. But we don't usually listen. And the more we continue not listening, the bigger the message becomes. Until one day, it's so strong that either it will put you on the ground or it will make you sick or you will lose your job, whatever the situation is. And sometimes you, even then you don't listen and it can even kill you. Um, so the way it affects our energy, we, it depends what emotion. When something happens, it is human, normal, and encouraged to express and experience the emotion that comes to you, whether it is anger, fear, sadness, whatever emotions come to you, you need to feel them because if you don't, you will keep them in your body, you will repress them and it's going to make you sick or it's going to make you overreact in a situation where it's completely, your reaction is completely disproportionate. But if you experience that emotion, let's say something happens and you're angry. I taught my kids to experience anger, for example, in a healthy way. My 16-year-old son used to get super mad. He still does because it's hormonal. It's normal. But now he's at a point where he has enough awareness to see the anger rising and he just says, I'm going to my room. And we know, I know, because once he told me, otherwise I'm going to say something hurtful. And he goes and he expresses his anger by himself, whether he punches or whatever he wants to do. It is important to express it as long as you, uh, for as long as you need, but then not to bathe in it. Because that's when, when you stay in, for example, anger, it becomes resentment. It will affect your health. We know that anger has a big role in cancers and in other diseases, I don't know. Do you say diseases in English? I always do Franklish. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Okay. And and on an energy level, I think that I teach my people to clear their energy like the same way that you take a shower every day, you brush your teeth. At least once a week, clear your energy field because we have an uh, electromagnetic field around us and in us. 
and we can drag with us all those lower vibration energies that are a result of, let's say, an argument we had during the week. Or if you're like me and you absorb other people's energy, it's even more important for you to clear your field on a regular basis. I usually do that at least twice a week um, because otherwise it will lower your your vibration and it's you will... So I don't really use the word attract because to me, attract is, is we, we may attract stuff, but we are not as powerful as, as God, for example. We don't make the planets stay where they are. We don't make the sun rise up. So it's more like an alignment for me. Like that's why I came up with the image of the elevator because it's an alignment. And in one day you can, be at the bottom, you can be at the first floor and then on the penthouse and you can variate because depending on where you feel at each point, but you can always intervene in the moment if you start developing that ability to become aware and have the tools to intervene. Wow. There's so much in there. I love everything that you're saying. And, and, you know, from, you know, my background as a teenager, I was such an angry person. There is a big divorce in, in my teenage years uh, when I was younger and the anger came out just so hard and I went through anger management. And what's really interesting, the way you're talking about ang anger with uh, with your children is, is when I went through anger management, maybe about 10 years later, I realized, you know what, all that anger management just taught me how to hide my anger. And I was still just bathing in it for years and years and years. And and it really took an energetic shift for me to truly release that anger. And, um, you know, for me, it was a mental, emotional release technique or NLP um, technique mm -hmm. that helped me with that. And uh, I do believe there was so much energy released there. And there is actually a lot of health problems going on with me that were surprisingly gone after that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm not surprised because it stays in the body. It does. Right, right. So, so I'm curious on um, some of the techniques that you use with your clients. You know, we've talked about EFT, and uh, I want to hear more on how you use that with uh, clearing, clearing your energy, clearing negative emotions, and things like that. So, the EFT. Um, a lot of my clients are living in fear because I usually the moms that contact me are the moms who have kids like uh, like my kids who started acting out and making decisions that could potentially be dangerous for them. And they are scared. They are scared. They, are, they feel guilty because somehow they feel that maybe there is a part that is their fault. Um, so the first thing that I do is help them get a hold of that fear and work with it. Because I know personally, that when you are in fear, it will affect your relationships with everybody around you and especially your teen. And when your relationships with your teen become mostly about, let's say, let's talk here in Vegas, weed is legal now. So if your teen is smoking and you are constantly on their back, every time you talk to them, it's about smoking. Uh, or, or school. So every interaction that you have with them becomes, is pressure for them. So of course you need to have rules. In my house, there are rules because th that's what I believe. I don't tell moms what to do. I don't tell moms what rules they should put in place, but I teach them 
to lower the level of fear because otherwise it's going to push the people in their life, their teens, to a place where they actually are trying to prevent them to go. So the first stage, I always work with fear and anger. And the emotional freedom technique, the EFT, the tapping, it helps intercept because when we are in fear, our brain is reacting. It's our survival brain is sending a message that we are under a threat. And it doesn't make the difference between the time when we were cavemen and cavewomen and a, a predator was running after us and was going to either kill us or we would have to fight and a threat in this life, which is not a, a life-threatening thre one most of the time. But our body reacts the same. All the mechanism of, which is called fight or flight, is put in place. That means we're ready to fight or we're ready to run. That means that the blood flow that usually goes to our more recent brain, the frontal cortex, the more analytic brain, the ones where we come with resources, the ones where we find solutions, where we're creative, is not working as well because the blood flow is redirected to your limbs and uh, your heart is beating faster, your adrenaline and cortisol is higher. You're ready to fight. So you can't think clearly. So when you're like that in, in fear and your body is ready to face a life-threatening danger, you can't come up with resourceful solutions with your teen. You can't sleep well. You can't perform well in your life even because you don't think straight. And if it lasts long enough, um, a, lot of, a lot of us live with a, a tiny level of stress 24-7. We don't even realize that. And that will create really be a big damage on our health. And it creates us not performing at our best and being less happy too, because we're stressed. Um, so the EFT, the tapping, intercepts that response in the body using the nervous meridians, which are also the energy meridians that acupuncture uh, has been using for thousands of years and sends a message to the nervous system to the autonomic nervous system to calm down. A message that literally says there is no threat, it's not as dangerous as you think, you can calm down. And the functions of our body are getting back into place like when we're calm and we can think better, we can um, uh, feel also more relaxed. And so that's the initial thing that I work with, that I work on with moms, calming the fear, and also the anger, I have a lot of tapping sessions with moms when they, they have arguments with their, their teens because we're not taught to not take, to not take things personally. When, when a teen, I, my kids never told me I hate you, and I guess I'm lucky in that matter, but I hear that from other teens. When a mom gets that in her face, it's hurtful. And nobody told us that it has nothing to do with us. It's our teen becoming independent. And there is a side of it that is very good and very healthy because they detach themselves from us to function normally in life. So once you learn how to interpret what's going on in a less personal way and in a more mature and healthy way of emotional reaction, then the, the interactions become more peaceful. So I, that's how I use the, the tapping most of the time. 
In my house, we use tapping for everything. I it, I would almost tap on my cat if I could, because it's when you have, let's say, you have a problem or you have a deadline at work. You your body will also go to that state of alert, and you want to calm it down. There is no point. It doesn't serve anything. The only time when it would serve you is when there is a real danger in front of you. And yes, you need to run. Like if if you encounter a lion, run or kill it. But uh, the energy side of it, with teenagers and other people, I've, done, I've used it when my kids were bullied in school. I've used it at work. When you cannot really communicate with a person and there is um, tension or maybe animosity in the relationship, you you access the energy of the person. And usually, let, let me give you an example. Years and years ago, I was working in an office where I was targeted by my uh, supervisor. And she was very mean. And so I couldn't confront her. And I had a lot of anger. I had a lot. I didn't like going to work. And I started realizing that if she was that way, chances were that when she was a kid, something, either the parents were really hard on her, she had to develop that personality to protect herself. So I couldn't send her love, which is a very strong power. It's a strong, it's, I think it's the strongest of all. I couldn't send her love because I was, I was angry. I was mad at her. So I imagined her as a tiny kid. And a tiny kid I could relate to with love because I knew that something happened to make her be so nasty. And believe it or not, I sent her love many, many times and our relationship became better. I also, on the other side, I worked on my self-worth. I worked on my value, on, on not feeling threatened every five minutes, knowing my own value and being less scared that if she would fire me, uh, it would be a catastrophe. I knew that my assets were coming with were coming with me, and if she was fire me, oh well, I will find something else. So those two combinations le led us to a relationship that was way more peaceful, where she even recommended me for a promotion later on. And I've seen that happening many times when my kids were bullied. We worked on the other kid on an energy level. When my son didn't want to listen to me because, you know, teenagers, they don't always want to share with their moms what's going on. But I could see he was in distress. I could see he was sad. I suspected it was something with his friends or a girlfriend, but he wouldn't talk. So same thing. I sat down, connected to his energy and sent him love. And I did that with my kids, with my, my, my daughter when she was going to parties. And I was very scared that she would be stupid and take something and end up in a hospital or worse. I would surround her with love. And it, this has an impact. Um, they made some scientific studies on prayers, for example. Uh, thousands of kilometers away, they saw that the person who was uh, on a hospital bed and people were praying for was reacting with electrodes to the energy. They did experiments on plants in the same way, with intention affecting the, the plants. Same thing, they measured it with electrodes. So there is, there is something to it. And I 
I love teaching those tools because we don't learn them anywhere. Well, that's so beautiful. And there's so much in there. And, and I want to go back a little bit to what you're talking about with fear and the single moms and just getting locked onto that fear model and having fear just dominate everything. And, and, you know, for my audience as wildland firefighters, it's, that's like, that's the life of dodging trees, you know, driving crazy mountain roads with big trucks and having fire and just the total chaos of that lifestyle is fear. And it's, um, it's just a little bit of fear every single day. And it just builds up and builds up just like, I just see so many parallels with what you're talking about and wildland fire that I think all these tools would benefit so many people out there, including the firefighters. And, and I love that about what you're doing. And, and, uh, the, I'm curious on, you know, I'm sure you're, you're familiar with maybe, um, you know, the, the body keeps, keeps the score or the emotion code or the secret language of the body. And I'm curious with these single moms, um, that you work with, is there a lot of lower back pain? Does that come up a lot? Uh, there is lower back pain, and I notice that uh, it's mostly very often it's related to to finances for some reason. Wow! And uh, the back, the back. Yes, there is a lot of back pain and shoulders because we have the world on our shoulders. I have a lot of uh, shoulder pain because that's where I, I carry my tension, and it's very symbolic. I mean, we carry the world on our shoulders as single moms. And a lot of them are like in my case where I don't have the support of my ex-husband because he has his own issues. I had to be everything for my kids, the financial provider, the emotional, the safety, the everything. And it can be very, very hard. And the back, nobody has your back. That's also a symbol. So things get lodged into our body. I don't know if you're familiar with Louise Hay. She wrote a book linking every symptom to an emotional source, and she gives affirmation, let's say, for back pain, for lower back pain, for shoulder pain, hip pain. She has a book, I think it's called, I have it here, but of course I can't see it from here. But um, if you Google Louise Hay and you can heal your body or you can heal your life, I'm sure you'll find it. Yeah, and and I'm curious about that because I see – I bet 90% of the firefighters that I work with have back pain, specifically lower back pain. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned finances because that's, that's the big one of, you know, am I, I'm not going to get enough overtime. I got to get more fires. I got to get more work. I got to do this because yes. you know, there's only six months of work and we, yeah. we fit in, you know, those thousand hours of overtime. And it's just so interesting. It's so similar to what you're talking about. And, and uh, so I want to move forward a little bit into. Um, and and when go- you, I'm sorry, finances or time is the same thing. It's either a, a, a mentality uh, of lack or a mentality of abundance. Right, right. Yes, I love that. It's it's so true, and it's it's just so interesting. You know, there's so many firefighters out there that I know that I've met um, that I've worked with that are, you know, they go to the chiropractor and the massage, and they do they go to the orthopedic and it's just like nothing helps their back. And it's, it's truly an emotional thing that's going on. Right. Yes, completely. And, uh, I, as far as firefighters, I'm, I'm just feeling, I just got an idea. So I always trust my ideas. 
I'm getting certified now on, on working with people with trauma and I'm looking for volunteers to help with a specific uh, tapping technique that helps people with trauma um, where it would relieve the give bring relief to the symptoms. Of course, I'm not a therapist or anything, but just to bring relief to the symptoms and calm down the body. So even though I'm a coach for single moms, I, I'm looking for volunteers to do that for free as case study. And I, I, I don't give names or anything. They don't even have to tell me what it is about. It can be done in silence or just they don't have to give me details. So if, if someone in your audience feels that they need real help and they want to try that, they can just contact me. Absolutely. Let's set that up and we'll talk more about that for sure. And, and uh, I love that. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, I kind of want to go back to what we were talking about or what you were talking about, um, the energy body and how we sometimes collect energy from other people, or maybe it's just our own emotions that we're collecting and it's, uh, really clearing the energy field. And, and I'm curious on how do you do that? How do you instruct your clients to do that and really working with the energy? So I have several techniques, but uh, I, I have a free tool also on my website uh, as part of a kit, which is like a meditation. But if somebody doesn't have the time or doesn't like meditation, I always tell people, you take a shower in the morning. While you're taking your shower, energy reacts to intention. So imagine that together with the water, there is a clearing energy that's coming on your body, entering from your head into your body, clearing all your energy centers. And visualize that. Visualize energy junk going down the drain. You will feel better once you feel clear. And you can do that every morning. You can do that twice a week. That doesn't add time in your schedule, but it it accomplishes, uh, it, it gives a result. Other techniques, movement will shift your energy. So same thing, if you dance, 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 you love dancing, dance with the intention of clearing your energy, move your hips, move your, move a lot. Uh, nature. Nature, when you take a walk in nature, or you even, I walk barefoot in my backyard very often with the intention of connecting myself like a tree into the earth. The earth energy will help you clear. Always when you do something with intention, it can move your energy. There are many, many things that you can do, but those are easy ones where you can do it rapidly. You have what, I mean, everybody has parks in their cities, even if they don't have a backyard. And really connecting with nature is a big one. Music, showers. And um, there are also sound, but that's more complex maybe. Uh, you know the gong? Exposing yes, yes, yourself yes, to the vibration. Powerful. Yeah, the vibration of the gong or the singing bowls, Tibetan bowls. And uh, you can sit down. You can find so many things on YouTube too. So you can sit down and just receive the sound and the vibration it will help you clear i love that and and i was looking through some of the processes that you use and and i noticed um you know a reclaiming your energy process and you know personally on my healing journey i went through some soul retrieval things with uh, one of my mentors and that just seemed to help me so much to truly come back into my body and 
And uh, I'm curious on on your thoughts and kind of what you do with with the energy retrieval stuff. So the the, the exercise, this exercise is mostly because I love giving tools that you can use in everyday life. Uh, because when we have, let's say you have unresolved issues with someone, a part of your energy will be attached to that person or that problem. Let's say that you worry about a situation at work. A part of your energy will leak there. Anything that we don't resolve and is in the back of our head, even like I'm supposed to clean my garage, I want to get rid of a ton of stuff, I can feel that it, it actually uh, uses a little part of my energy. So we have like, it's like a, uh, an octopus. We have energy arms, if you want, attached to certain stuff. So what I do with my clients and in my membership, that process that you're talking about, I help people detach, like it's almost like unhooking their attention from those problems, issues, people, and really intentionally bring back their energy to them so that they have their full energy to do whatever they, are, they need to do in the moment. And of course, stuff that needs to be addressed, then address them little by little. I also have, because I'm a, I'm, I'm, I graduated in finance and accounting, and so in my mind, everything needs to be orderly. And knowing that you have problems that you're going to have to resolve, for me, was also, even if I put them on paper and I know I'm going to, I don't want to work with them now, I remove my energy from there, they, they're still there. So what I did, I came up with a secondary process where I imagine that I have like a spiritual drawer or a spiritual shelf, and I put all those items there and they're kept by God, by whatever you believe in, your ancestors, your guides, whatever it is, or just energy purely if you're more pragmatic. And it's not time to, to even look at it or think about it. They are managed by energy. And I even said, and if by any chance life wants to resolve it without me being involved, go ahead. I kid you not, some stuff that I had to do came to me instead of, instead of me having to proactively go to it. And that happens over and over. Uh, so that way I can go to that shelf when it's the moment to work on that, ma that matter. And that may not be a problem. That may be something for my website, let's say a class that I'm creating or something. That's the time to work with it. That's the time when I look at it. But otherwise, it's in there almost like a vault. And in my mind, putting a shield between me and that helped me reclaim my energy. That That's very... The brain reacts, the brain responds to imagery. So I use a lot of imagery in my coaching as well. I love that. Yes, visualization is so powerful, and especially in the book uh, Psycho-Cybernetics. You know, he talks about that a lot with the visualization and, and the experiments with the basketball free throws. And are you yeah. familiar with that at all? Yes, it's yeah, so beautiful. Have you seen um, also... Um, Oh, I, what the bleep do we know? Basketball made me think about that. Yes, I love that documentary. And Dr. Yeah. Joe Spenda is amazing. And oh, I love Dr. Joe. 
yeah. Yes, yes. And uh, so that's a beautiful segue into really brain training and visualizations. And can you tell me more about that process that you use with your clients, the brain training? So the brain training to me is to help you stop these autopilot reactions that don't serve you in your life. Uh, let's say, for example, let me give you an example from my personal life when my kids were younger. I grew up in a family where my father was, you know, that was the old fashioned, more authorita authoritarian, more there is rules, you, you are seen but not heard, stuff like that, the old fashioned way. And my father, every time we, if we didn't listen to him, he translated it in his mind as not respect, not respecting him, and it equated not loving him. And we are seeing those models when we're young, and that's where we learn from. And one day, I was yelling at my kids, I don't remember how old they were, and I caught myself and I said, oh my God, I'm doing what my father was doing, and that's not to blame him because he was an amazing father, he did um, a lot of amazing things, but everybody makes mistakes. So I was making that mistake too because that mistake, because I don't remember what was going on. The kids didn't listen to me. And in my mind was like, they don't respect me. And I caught myself feeling unloved in the moment. I said, oh my God, that I need to change. So I started working on that. And when you talk about brain training, the brain learns with repetition and strong emotion. So I started putting on paper, first of all, all my beliefs that were not true, like if they, if they don't do what I ask them to do or if they don't, do, they don't follow the rule, that means they don't love me. That's, that's not true. That's uh, rubbish. So I started working with those beliefs and I started rehearsing in my brain similar situations where I would act differently because I would remember that it has nothing to do with their level of love to me. And the fact that I was feeling unloved or not loved enough had nothing to do with my kids. It's for me to address that part in me. It's for me to bring myself the love I need before asking anybody else to give me love. And I rehearsed and I rehearsed sometimes with tapping because that way I could deactivate the emotion that was negative attached to that subject. And when you rehearse enough, your brain starts developing a new habit. It's like a path in the grass. You start walking on another side of the grass, you'll create a new path, and the old one, the grass will, put, will start uh, growing on. So I started practicing different, imprinting my brain with different automatic reactions that were serving the highest uh, version of me, my kids, everybody. And the brain training is to intervene on what doesn't serve you. So that requires first and foremost awareness. Um, I created a process that I called ADD because my son is ADHD. So I was reflecting one day. One day I always try to teach them that they're not victims and there is good in everything, even in ADHD. So I was reflecting on that and I was like, what are the pros? What are the advantages of being ADHD? So I started thinking that they switch focus really rapidly. 
And that's great because in that way you can experience more stuff. And then I realized that when we think negative thoughts and where, when our brain is used to go on autopilot to a uh, reaction of anger, for example, or a reaction of feeling sorry for yourself, or like me, a reaction of, yeah, that was anger too, or not feeling loved. There, it's, it would be great in those moments to be ADD and to switch the thoughts so you would, you would stop dwelling on that thing. So I said, okay, I'm going to create a process called ADD because in those moments, we need to be ADD with that thought. That thought that we try to tackle because we're taught in school you have to analyze a problem and understand it in depth. And you're, you're not taught, just give up on that. And in that moment, that's what you need to do. You need to let go of that thought. You don't need to understand it even. You don't even need to understand. You let go of it. So I said, okay, that's the first stage is A, awareness. Be aware when you do that, when you, you come up with a thought that doesn't serve you, that will, you know, our thoughts create our life. This thought will create something you don't like. So become aware of it. The second D is for discard. Discard that thought. Let it go. You don't even have to analyze, understand where it comes from. It doesn't matter. And the last D is for design a new thought or define how your life how do you want your life to be? Because your thought is going to be the one creating your life. So what thought can you decide to have instead? And I usually have moms create a notebook of, because when you're aggravated or when you're angry, ideas don't come to you. We explained why on the brain level earlier, but you need to have a notebook where you have thoughts that bring you to, I don't know, gratitude, calmness, uh, positive emotions. And then when you're in that state, you can look at your, your notebook and see which one resonates with you in the moment. Which one do you want to pick instead? And that's, that's one way of training your brain in the moment over and over and over. Wow, I love that. That is so powerful to uh, have that awareness and then really just change it right to reframe and redesign and and just change what you're thinking and i love that add uh frame that you put up because it's uh it's that's you're right that's exactly what we should be doing and and gosh through my healing journey i had just terrible thoughts that would plague me for days and weeks and and really it was almost a year of like um you know feeling of like i'm sick i have this like you know my anxiety really came on as hypochondriac type things and uh it was, it was crazy to have these thoughts that, you know, every minute you're dying. Right. And, and yeah. that's, that's like the extreme of it. And to, that's exactly what I did is I, I basically, you know, retrained my brain by affirmations and yeah. the affirmations went so deep. It happened. My affirmations went into my dreams one night. And after that, I was, wow. I never had those thoughts again, but it took me like six months where what you're talking about, I think could take days or weeks, right? Yeah. And, and I also have affirmation. Uh, you also have, uh, some, they're not really meditations, but they're more like, more like, uh, well, let's call them meditations that I give to my clients to fall asleep with, because there is that stage, you know, where your brain goes into, uh, the, the theta mode before you go to sleep and things think more easily. So they listen to that falling asleep uh, so it sinks in better with less resistance of, uh, of your conscious mind and questioning. 
Right, right. Yeah, I love that. And listening to all sorts of meditations while we're sleeping is so powerful. I love it. And uh, I also saw that you do expressive writing or some sort of writing and journaling with your clients. And I'm a writer, I'm an author, and I love everything about writing. I think it's helped me heal personally. But I also think there's some powerful research and science coming out about you know, even writing down your thoughts that are bad or thoughts that you don't want or limiting beliefs and just writing them down and then tearing it up or burning it or those kinds of things. Do you do any of that with your clients? Yes, we do. Um, so I do a lot of writing to uncover your unconscious beliefs because there is a way to do writing where stuff will come up and people are like, whoa. No wonder that's what my reality looks like because look, that's something I wrote on paper. I, I and 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 you uncover. We, I do a lot of that before when we start sessions on certain topics to have an idea and also uh, help people really discover stuff about themselves. Uh, for me as a coach, to have an idea of what are the words you are talking about NLP, what are the words that they use because. My tapping is highly customized. I customize it to the person with their words so that their brain would respond better. And writing, there is also a spiritual side of writing. Uh, I have, in several occasions, when I work with people and when I have them write, and even for myself, it's almost sometimes you get guided you get guided, and especially when you start with questions or when you start with, if I knew what I was afraid about, I would say, and you just write whatever comes to your mind. And and in many cases, there is guidance in there. And I always find it so beautiful, the way that the universe life is guiding you to your own healing. We are, we are presented with everything we need to heal. And even when it looks like a person who we can't stand, a person who will irritate, irritate us or an ex-husband with whom we have such a hard time. Uh, my ex-husband has been one uh, a difficult relationship that made me grow a lot. And we are always presented with with a reflection of what we need to let go of, what we need to change. And writing is also a tool that can help you with that. Wow. I love that. And, you know, for me, the limiting beliefs really came up through my healing journey of like, uh, gosh, I think the big one I had that I never realized, uh, was, you know, if I'm late, I'm going to die. And that was one where I truly believed that. So if I was five minutes early, I was like, I was, I had anxiety, like, you know, it was, it was, it was terrible. And, um, so there's so many little beliefs like that, that just run our program that, you know, run our lives that, like you were saying earlier, that zero to seven years of age, that younger person is really building those beliefs. And, and I, I love that. I think the writing, I totally agree. There's the guides come in, the, your angels, the energy, however you want to explain it, but there is some serious spirituality coming into the writing and, you know, my first book was, it just flew out of me. Like, I have no idea where it came from, you know, overcome anxiety. Like a hero was just like, whoa, it just came out. It was, uh, it was a very spiritual experience. That's a sacred book because you came to, to heal yourself with that book and heal others. That's sacred. Right. Right. Yes. I love it. 
So where can, where can people find you and where um, can they get in touch with you and find your course and your membership and all that stuff? So my, uh, like I said, my audience are mostly single moms. Uh, my podcast is to help single moms with their challenges, or I have moms too. And now I start having dads too. Um, it's singlemomsdoingitall.com. And um, I have a kit there to get back to peace that I created for moms, but really anybody can use it because it's a, so it's a tool to intervene on your thoughts. Like you were talking about thoughts going in a loop when you can't stop thinking about that negative thought. I have a visualization to help you with that. I have a tapping session to use after an argument to calm down. And I have the, the chakra clearing meditation to clear your aura. And, um, I mean, from there, you can find my Facebook, you can find my podcast, you can find the membership, you can find everything. Wow. That's so amazing. And, you know, since we've been talking, I really had this, this major thought that, um, you know, for, for my world and audience, you know, I think you could be an amazing coach for all the fire, fire wives out there that have the single families that are, you know, alone for two weeks at a time with the whole family and kids and, job and house and dogs and all that stuff there's yeah. so much stress and i just i i and just, just want to your if your husband is going to come back uh uh healthy and and or if something's going to happen that's also a huge stress for the the wife yes very much so and i just want to encourage anybody out there to reach out to you and and uh such an amazing coach and thank you so much for this conversation and and do you have any last thoughts or anything else that we didn't touch on that we want to talk about um so we're talking about improving ourselves and changing our brain and everything the thing i always want to tell people and that really resonates right now is don't be too harsh on yourself because we all have negative thoughts and don't beat yourself up because you haven't been able to change something or be be loving to yourself because the first need that we have uh, apart from being safe is to be loved. So give that love to yourself. And I know it can be, can sound weird, especially if we're talking to firefighters, but hugging yourself when nobody sees you, you can go in the bathroom. (laughs) uh, We'll go a long way because there is still that little child in us that needs the love and the care. So, oh, I, I love that. And uh, it's not too weird, I promise, because I'm always out there talking to trees or something weird like that. So, <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. And uh, you can find me at mountainmindtricks.com and Thomas M. Worm on Facebook and Instagram, mountainmindtricks and mountainmindtricks.com. And yeah, I just encourage you to go out there and find your sacred ancestry and find your true self. All right. We'll talk to you in the next one.